0: Welcome to T.C. Tiawi Talks. Tia Chucha Centro Cultural, located on Tataviam land in the northeast San Fernando Valley, is rooted in ancestral knowledge, culture, the arts, literacy, and social justice as a means to personal and communal transformation. It is a place where hearts and minds have united for change for over 19 years. Join us as we share the stories of personal transformation and our understanding of the world that unites us as a community. We must remember that another world has always been possible. Tiawi, a Nahuatl word for adelante to move forward. Like a spiral, together we move towards a better future, cognizant of the resiliency we carry from our past.
1: It is recording. Hi, everybody. Um, this is a episode of Tiawi Talks. I'm very excited to have our two guests today. Um, my name is Rebecca. I am a coordinator at the Chuchas, um, and today uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, queer identity of Chicana or Latinas. And um, and I just wanted to start off with saying my gender pronouns um, are she, her, hers. And I identify as a queer Chicana, um, and I really appreciate our guests today. Uh, I think this topic just spoke like I can relate to this topic. I'm really excited to talk to you all to expand, you know, what you found with your research. Um, So if you all can introduce yourselves and what what your gender pronouns are and like what program you're coming from, um, please feel free to do that.
2: Yeah, um, I guess I, I can start. Uh, my name's Karen Ugarte. My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I just graduated from um, CSUN from Costa Northridge Northridge uh, and Masters in, masters of Social Work program. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having us, Rebecca.
3: I'll go next. <laughs> I'm Jessica Saldivar. My uh, pronouns are ella, she, her, and hers. Um, I'm first generation uh, Mexican and I also graduated from CSUN with my master's of social work Um, and Karen and I were research partners for our uh, graduate project and I'm super excited to be here as well. Thank you Rebecca for having us.
1: Thank you I really appreciate you both of you. Um, So maybe we could start off by if you all want to open up your um, presentation so we can see um what it was and what your findings were and everything?
3: Our research uh, project our thesis title was or is Yo Queer Latinx Women Navigating Identity Family and Community um, so we got this um, when we were in the process of you know getting approved we got told that graduate projects must be written in the English language um, this policy is completely racist and we like to acknowledge that as the quote-unquote exception, um, this thesis became reality through the challenges we experienced in the process of interrupting coloniality within academia, where the existing policies indicated that, you know, our graduate project had to be written in the English language.
2: Um, yeah, we felt strongly about keeping our title in Spanish. Uh, we had a few reasons. Um one that just changing it to English would unintentionally change the meaning um, and shift away from the intention and purpose of the project. And it was important for us that the title remained in Spanish because we felt it was essential to affirming and validating the voices of queer Latinx women who continue to face institutional barriers, homophobia, racism, sexism, and other isms. Additionally, it almost felt like we were not being honest with our participants because this was the title that we used to um, to advertise our, our survey and to get folks to, you know, participate and, and let us hear their stories. So we felt like that was also an important factor. And we hope our efforts encourage um, others to navigate through these inherently racist structures and to find empowerment.
3: And really like to um, help also promote and hopefully they find opportunities to continue to deconstruct coloniality.
2: Yeah, and our experience of living out our graduate project and the experiences of our participants are both acts of resistance and resilience. And you know, we're really thankful that we had supportive um, faculty, professors that really modeled critical consciousness and supported us in this advocacy. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll go into it.
3: Um, yeah, let's dive into it. Um, So I'll start with uh, lived experience meets uh, research. So quien yo? So I'm a first generation woman on um, this land now that it's known as San Fernando Valley. Uh, My parents migrated from Mexico and allowing myself to be authentic in every space I navigate has been truly a a personal political journey. And it's something that I I continue to, Navigate through.
2: Yeah, um, thank you, Jessica. I I also identify as queer. I'm also first gen. Um, I'm the first in my family um, to go to college, and um, I come from a single parent household. And just really hearing Jessica describe um, her her passion and her idea um, for this project was really what got me on board, and uh what we found a little bit in the literature was that there was a large focus on gay white men and men who have sex with men but there was a lack of attention to queer women and um, more specifically queer women of color and we want to recognize that um not all queer women of color and not all uh, queer latinx women um have the same experience um we know there's multiple forms of oppression due to intersectional identities And we want to recognize, like I said, there's no all-encompassing experience, but there are similarities that we can draw from, and um, we hope that uh, uh, and we hope um, to do that with our study and and to promote visibility and connection to foster healing.
1: Did you have a question with that? Sorry. No, I just was. No, I'm just thinking. Man, that's great. Thank you.
3: Yeah. So our research. Um, hypotheses really surrounded these two questions. Does ne- does identity negotiation impact well-being? And we kind of described identity negotiation as like code switching or deciding to verbally disclose one's sexual identity or, um, or choosing not to. And does the degree of affirmation from family community influence identity negotiation? So me and Karen um, hypothesized that LGBTQ plus Latinx women will negotiate their queer identity less when having affirming
2: community and family. So how did, the way we looked into it was um, we conducted an exploratory cross-sectional quantitative study. Uh, We distributed our survey uh, electronically. It was voluntary. We primarily used social media, although we did post flyers at places like Tia and um, The survey focused on demographic information, social impacts, aspects of identity, we used an existing scale uh, by Cheek and Briggs. And overall, the survey consisted primarily of five-point Likert scale questions, and we also had uh, three open-ended questions, which I have to say were my favorite part of the study.
3: Yeah, and Karen, uh, remember we brainstormed using our own lived experience? for some of those questions, so we kind of like reflected on our own experience as you know queer next women, and we were able to create some of those questions uh, around our experience.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that's that was our process, and it was <laughs> really cool and uh, insightful, like to to get to brainstorm these questions together, and yeah, it was. I think that was also a fun a fun part for me in, in research. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for uh, demographics, so we had over 700 respondents in about four weeks at the beginning of, of this year, um, January through February uh, approximately. Uh, the respondents were from 34 different states, the majority being um, Western states. And of, of the um, over 700 participants, um, we had a working sample of 459. And these are the folks that completed the survey to its entirety. Um, most of our participants um, identified as first-generation Latinx people. Um, and it was really exciting to see how many respondents we got in just four weeks. Uh, we felt like this really highlighted that there's a need um, and an openness to be vulnerable and to be heard um, from this community.
3: Yeah. and. The majority of our participants, um, their age ranged from 18 to 30, and me, Karen, and I both fall into that category, so that was really interesting um, to see. Um, I want to point out that this age is often neglected. Um, A lot lot happens um, to us during this age, and research shows that there's higher rates of substance use, misuse, mental health um, impacts, and this... Age period is, is a vulnerable one. Um, sense of belonging, healthy bonds are, ex- are extremely important.
2: Cool. Sorry, oh, there we go.
3: So we just extracted a couple of numbers here for our preliminary uh, findings. So we found 89.8% of our participants um, considered their ethnic background important to them. 50% said religion and uh, spirituality was also important to them. 73.6 agree that feeling a sense of belonging to their community was important. And 63.7 being a part of their family for generations um, was important. And 94 believe that being their authentic self uh, made them feel
2: empowered. There we go. Yeah, um, and related to family, what we found was that uh, 39% of our participants said that they were not out to their parents. Um, 37.2 said they were not out in their place of worship. Uh, 53 were not out to their extended family. Uh, 93% said their friends' attitudes towards LGBTQ individuals um, are positive. 51% um, stated that their families' attitudes towards LGBT individuals are negative, and 84% of participants reported that they felt safer um, when public places display LGBTQ um, symbols. And we also posed questions, which allowed participants to elaborate on their identity shifting experiences in other settings, like in education, the workspace, um, healthcare, and others. Um, We're just not... uh, highlighting some of those here today.
3: So I guess, like, what do these numbers mean? So we looked at the descriptives and we tried to interpret um, what they meant. So what we see is a large group of people who want to be a part of their family for generations to come, have pride in their authenticity, have spirituality, and um, perceive their families as rejecting of LGBTQ plus people. And some of them are not out we ran multiple statistical regressions. It's kind of looking at two questions and seeing um, if they correlate. So we wanted to focus on today is, we saw how spirituality increases among participants when, um, sorry, spirituality increases among participants. There are also, Able to be more likely out to their family. It's common that you know spirituality may continue to align or not align with their family um, of origins beliefs. So what we can what we can interpret is that one's coming into their own personal values, faith, meaning, and despite the level of affirmation they receive from family and community, um, they remained empowered to live with authenticity and find purpose, liberation, mean uh, and meaning through their source of spirituality.
2: Yeah, um, and like I mentioned earlier, some of um, what I felt was my favorite part of the survey, which was um, the open-ended questions. Some of the themes we found there were um, identity shifting, code switching, microaggressions, fears of rejection, or lack of acceptance, experiences of racism, sexism, um, and homophobia. And these are things that we hope to look Further into that unfortunately um, due to time constraints with this graduate project um, we didn't have the opportunity to do. Um, but We wanted to share a couple of responses because um, we feel like the narratives or testimonials of our um, participants are extremely important.
3: Um, I could start off with reading one so it says quote the only place people I feel uncomfortable being out is my family, especially my mother, because she has said some very painful things in the past about queer folks, unquote.
2: Um, Here's another one. It's, quote, I am always scanning my environment to immediately determine the risk to my safety and potential for discrimination, end quote.
3: Quote, I'm the first openly queer member of my immediate family and hope to be a sort of sort of a trailblazer for the younger generations of my family. Yeah.
2: Uh, quote, I am constantly code switching. It is a survival tactic and it is what I do to not only survive, but to thrive, end quote. Quote,
3: it makes me feel ashamed of myself because I actively seek to empower others to be their authentic selves, but I can't bring myself to. Can't bring myself
2: to do it." End quote. Yeah, um, Jessica. I don't know if you want to. You want us to keep reading this? I guess. You mean we, Rebecca? <laughs> no, I meant Jessica. Oh. Okay. oh. <laughs> I don't know if you want to. Um. I guess we should, right? Because it's. A- yeah, you know what? I <laughs>
3: Rebecca, we read so many pages of testimonials that Karen and I would like sit there read and. I broke down in some because really like it was a a reflection of almost similar things that I was experiencing or that I had experienced um I like to keep reading um a couple more and then we can we can move on. I'll read one where it says I am.' It says, quote, I'm a mental health clinician. For me, being visible about my identities is important because it gives folks safer spaces to go to that oh, go to that they might generally not have access to, end quote.
2: I'll read another one. Um, quote, I definitely have to shrink myself when I go back to visit my family of origin. Although I am not out, I am out to them. I don't feel like I can be my authentic self, end quote kind of lost track Karen is there one more that we didn't read yeah there I think there's two more Um, so quote I don't know how to navigate the workspace and the medical field being queer end quote and uh, last one is quote my faith had a large part to do with it there are conflicts with that and how I identify I'm afraid to disappoint my family and those in my church i grew up in end quote
3: we have pages of 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 testimonials and Mm -hmm. i really hope that you know we're able to to look at this closer in the future
2: yeah i agree
0: -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. so what we hoped um, our research could do. So our implications, we we hope our research can serve as a tool that grounds helping professionals working with queer Latinx, adulting youth. Um, we like to promote anti-oppressive practices for collective healing. Uh, we wanna emphasize during the assessment phase to look for healthy connections and familial support because from what we have learned through Caitlin Ryan's family acceptance project is that when families are rejecting um, or, or show rejecting behaviors can can severely impact one's health and well-being. Um, we also noticed that, or we read through the research, affirming families and communities are protective factors. We hope healers, helping professionals, uh, continue to promote connection and really see their clients and hold space for them. One of the one of the uh, pe- uh, so, Brene Brown's uh, definition of, of of connection really grounds our work. We really we really like what she says she says uh, connections is the energy that exists between people when they're seen heard and valued when we can give and receive without judgment and nourishes and strengthens relationships those who have a strong sense of love and belonging can have the courage to be imperfect overall um, our journey has been extremely healing affirming uh, for karen and i uh, we really hope that if there's any participants listening um, um, or, or, or come across our thesis, uh, we want to say like, we
1: see you, we hear you. somos comunidad. I wanted to ask you all, um, kind of related, I think, but I kind of was curious with, um, with, uh, the, the way y'all, ter- um, shared with coloniality and what do you mean by how, what do you mean by that and how does that impact your research?
2: Yeah. Wow. Do you want you want me to start? Just yeah. Go ahead, Karen. um Yeah. Well, let I I kind of want to thank you for asking that, and I want to kind of start off by saying that the whole process to get our name um, to be what you know we had originally proposed is um, part of the research process. Is you have to get approved by like the board at your school and things like that. So. Um, Our title had been approved by all of that, and at the very end was when we were told, "Like you gotta change it." (laughs) Um, So that whole process, this the last couple weeks of it was what, like maybe our last two months or six weeks of um, graduate school when we were, you know, um, going through that process, and it was definitely bittersweet to be told that we could keep the title, Um, and it made us think of a couple things. One is. do schools or does education really meet students where they are? Mm-hmm. Um, and if a lot of our the schools like in the Los Angeles area, identify as um, quote unquote, like Hispanic serving institutions. Um, and like, what does that really mean? And how are students really, are they being supported through the process or are they just being admitted mm-hmm. into programs? Mm-hmm. Um, so it really was for us more more than just about the name being in Spanish um but about all these other things um and we want to recognize that not all we know not all Latinx folks speak Spanish um, but th- th- for us it was also a way that, like I mentioned before the way that was how we advertised our survey um so it almost felt like we were, like we were being deceitful <laughs> to then last minute be like, okay, we're calling it something different um so I don't know if you want to add anything, Jessica. No,
3: I think you you hit you hit the point the points that we had discussed. Um yeah, and and too, our 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 degree is in masters of masters of social work. Like so even more we're being taught to advocate. Um, you know, so we just and we were being critical too. Yeah. And I really hope that they revisit their policies. They don't just make a quote-unquote exception. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think that was the bittersweet
3: mm-hmm.
2: for us. Was like, okay, we got to keep our name, but like, I kind of would have preferred to be told that this policy was going to be reevaluated, mm-hmm. or you know, or or something along those lines. Um, but that that wasn't like the response we got. Mm-hmm yeah
1: yeah it's like it's uh messed up i mean i'm kind of like we're not so su- not surprised that this happened because i i feel like back when i was in grad school um somebody i think th- i'm pretty sure somebody was trying to do their title in spanish and mm-hmm. it didn't happen um because of this restrictions that this ivory tower has and um it just like goes to show like um why like, this is supposed to be a, research is supposed to advance, like, you know, the the knowledge. And they're stuck in, like, a colonial state. It's like, yeah, it's just like, what is, what's the, perp- what's the real purpose of it? Like, having, um, what's the real intention, you know? So I think that's where we see a lot of um, challenges to the, where folks like you all, like, doing like the work that you've done, like you did at campus and um, people in like ethnic studies departments challenging these, um, these forms of thinking, you know, so, and it's really important because we're working with our communities and col- col- colonization has impacted the way we see ourselves and how we treat right. each other, you know, mm-hmm. so like um, them restricting that even that name is just like, it goes against what you what we would think that they're, Purpose should be, which is expand um you know the knowledge and not like confine it into keeping white supremacy like going you know okay. um so yeah it's it's
3: all that, and yeah, and in a way too, like I know that Spanish means you know a lot to Karen and I, you know, um but for me, it was too like reclaiming like where we. We're also in the we're feeling the effects right the impacts of colonization, but you know we're also trying to decolonize our mind, be more critical and and um you know take back too you know yeah
1: um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. a lot. Mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I think about that a lot when it comes to the ways um let's say maybe our um I know not all of our families like coming from Latinx families are like this, but I feel like some um when it comes to like a religious sense or just like being um I think that's where there's like a a block of being able to live your authentic self not just with your children but like yourself as like a parent like what what are things that restricted your thinking um and I feel like sometimes a lot of times it's like um sometimes religion is uh, and you know that religion isn't been imposed
2: mm-hmm.
1: to yeah. survival people have to sometimes uh, throughout the years were forced to to adopt a religion like this religion you know um but I just like I'm just thinking about my own experience and how I feel like that um impacted the way uh, my family is um and like push back when it comes to being able to see somebody authentically and with and respect their authentic self um so yeah that's what I thought about when you when you all were mentioning coloniality um
2: yeah yeah Yeah, and I think our research kind of reflected what you're what you're saying um uh most of the participants so that they their uh, family of origin is. um, religious and uh we did uh like ask for their questions on like like what religion and stuff like that but um most did say that their families were religious and then as you saw more than half of participants said that they were not um like their authentic selves to their uh, family of origin like their extended family and their parents yeah
1: yeah
3: i i yeah i do think that plays a role but i also um you know how everything became so binary, you know, with, um, colonization. And I always try to interrupt, you know, my family with like, well, we're always here. Is what I say, you know, like we were always here and it's going to come, we're still going to be here. And hopefully with more visibility, we're able to be our, you know, feel comfortable and safe to be our authentic selves. And, and authenticity is uh, a lot that was on my mind when, you know, choosing the topic. Um,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, let's see. Um, how do you feel like, uh, I think another thing I guess I want to share real quick is, um, is the way the media has portrayed um, queerness in the uh, ma- the mainstream media, and I think this is why it's really important to for us to document and like highlight people who have done the work of writing our own stories, our own poems, our own artwork. Um, because like what we see is like our society is a colonial state, um, white supremacy still is is embedded into what it is has been like since it started um so i think everything around us kind of like what you all were organizing with um incarceration that incarceration um Mm -hmm. that cream conference you did yeah Yeah. we are power conference what was the the title of it again oh my carcerality rules everything around us yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) like yeah i think i just think about that like everything's impacting how um sometimes internally, like, things that we see ourselves, but also, like, where are in our families, like, our views of like, in different things, not just, like, just, not even just um, sexuality, but gender, and also, like, the prison system and things like that. And I feel like the media, the mainstream media is a big part of helping with that narrative, you know? So documenting our story is really important. Um, Like, uh, because I was going to say with that is that because um, I feel like because i'm uh when I came out to my mom, she was um surprised and i I think similar to Jessica where you said that we've always been here it's like it's the that was a thing too It's like uh I've always been this like queer since I was a kid and just because i might i'm femme you know I also identify as uh chick I'm a i am i felt like I identify as chicana femme and I can go into chicana an- another day why yeah. but um that's a whole different story but like that's part of my identity um growing up somebody that um grew up in a place that has um like a they've had like my peers uh, a lot of times would say that they went to KKK meetings. they had this confederate flag mm. like I went. I went to a high school somewhere like like 30 minutes away from where I was supposed to go and that 30 minutes is like big change of communities and um I didn't see any queer like rep like anything there I just um so like I think a lot of times I held on to that identity identity being proud of being Mexican because it got me to be proud of myself and that's just like uh, the, the intersections of our identities like I didn't have queer like anything around me um mm-hmm. so but yeah I held on to that really so I guess I kind of went into my Chicana, um, why I'm in, uh, in Chicana, like queer, femme, Chicana, that's my thing. And I um, I feel like just because I look a certain way, people are, make assumptions about why, of my sexuality, like, um, you know, so I just wanted to share that, like, uh, people, like the mass media and the assumptions that people make because of what they view as what a queer is, you know, or, yeah, so. And I went off with attention. <laughs> no, no, thank you
3: for sharing. Um yeah. when you speak, I like I also feel, um, you know, and I really hope that um visibility becomes more more um I don't know, is the word inclusive? Like there's more representation of, you know, of of what, you know, queer Latinx or you know, um, kind of uh, the system, our family system and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but but it's, it's, it's for me too. I feel like um, I kind of came out like older, like not that long ago. And um, I always felt it, but you know, realizing my intersecting truths, and seeing the intersecting similarities like with you or with Karen and the research like that made me feel liberated and made me feel like I felt like I was healing and I just hope that when we continue to have these conversations or we're you know on podcasts like these um, people that are listening can also feel a sense of healing and belonging and you know they're not alone You know, something that we saw in our research is that we're not alone. There's a whole community out there for us Mm -hmm. and the importance of place and community and power of relationships. And I need a lot more queer friends. Yeah. (laughs) Really, like, you surround yourself yourself with more people like you, you know, that, you know, um, your chosen family. It makes you feel, it makes me feel, like I could be my authentic self,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know. There is hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> kind of went off there too. <laughs> we,
2: all are, we all are good. Um, yeah, I, I, I know that Jessica and I had talked a lot about how this, like, what we're sharing is not necessarily a new concept or a new idea or theory or anything like that. Like, having community fosters healing. We like that, and we hope that. Our research is just a reminder of that, I and mean, we mm-hmm. we do feel like a lot of the time our society, um, well, things like the media and stuff like that, um, we for we forget that, like yeah. uh, it, we live in a society where that values like individualism and values like productivity and stuff like that, you know, and that and we forget that c- having community, having um, you know folks around you, like. That is so important and impacts your well being in, in ways that maybe sometimes we don't notice or forget. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, and the community care, right? Uh, I know you said individualism uh, or individualistic um, way that we think of ourselves in a society. So having community care, right? Um, holding space and um, really filling. Um, sense of connectedness and belonging and for me that that impacts uh, if I feel a sense of belonging I'm gonna feel like I could be my authentic self Mm. and authenticity is really a form of our resistance right and I really strive uh, to be that way in every space that I go into
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah That makes me think about that quote. Um, I didn't. I, I can't quote it exactly, but it said something about shrinking yourself, and mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about you're, ex- like expanding. Um, being authentic is being able to expand and be who you truly are. And that that quote, man. I was like, oh, that hit me. I was like, being the, having to shrink yourself is awful. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Um,
3: just uh, thinking of that when you said like shrinking yourself really makes me reflect on how going into this program we had to pick this this topic right we had to choose our topic the first year and I really felt like alone like I felt alone I felt like no one was going through what I was going through I felt that I wanted to be more visible Um, but I felt like I had to minimize myself with my family because I really really craved their Love and affirmations, right, mm-hmm. so I minimized myself, and I felt, well, like is this just me like' because like you know the culture it it's it's heavy in my family, so I felt like I couldn't you know be myself, and I felt like is there any other person out there. I felt really inauthentic mm-hmm. um, and and that's how I came like literally that's how this topic came up like i was like I wonder if other people feel like they're being inauthentic to feel their, their affirming self like they're feel the affirmations from their family their love mm-hmm. and does that impact our well-being and that's how I felt like I felt like I was not happy um, mm-hmm.
2: right Karen <laughs> you're oh, yeah. I'm like Karen help me <laughs> well yeah um yeah so Like Jessica mentioned, we had to kind of start to develop these ideas the first year. And um, when I heard Jessica give her pitch that, um, I think it was like the first week of the the second uh, school year. And when I heard her give her speech and be this passionate and feeling like I could connect to what she was saying and that I was feeling the same way or a similar way, like hearing that it's like I I need to ask her if she wants to collaborate and I didn't I don't remember what I had originally thought of writing about but I knew I wasn't as passionate as about it as like hearing her (laughs) be passionate about it I was like oh this is gonna get me through this research I had never done research before Um, I didn't like I didn't really know what to expect Um, but I knew that if I could feel passionate about the topic, like that was gonna be enough for this to be a good experience. Mm. And uh, and it was, and I think just even just hearing Jessica give her speech, I already knew I wasn't alone. Mm. (laughs) There was at least one other person, even in this like very room, you know, that felt the same way.
3: Wow! I'm so glad Karen you came up to me real quick. And um, I had always seen Karen. We actually in, were in the same um, interview when we were applying, right? Remember to grad school we interviewed both to get into the program. And I always saw Karen in my classes with her like pin, her rainbow pin, her pride. Yeah. And I always felt like I wanted that, but I was I couldn't come to you know like be out but live out right and um Karen has definitely um influenced my my growth and the me search and the we search and I'm just so glad that um we've also built uh, a friendship
1: mm. so y'all were we're um you were like knew each other but you weren't as close until you got to this research yeah. oh wow yeah.
3: I knew Karen I like seeing her but that was it
1: <laughs> okay. Right.
3: Um, yeah, we didn't know each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But now we do. <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> cool. so many hours of um of this uh and it, the amount of time we had to read the survey out was how many weeks, Karen? I
2: think it was four, maybe like, like four and a half, something like
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, f- sorry. It was four weeks, but I mean the amount that we had to like complete the project complete the project was long but the amount of like analyzing everything was so quick and then COVID hit Mm -hmm.
2: Um, and that was that was intense. Hmm.
1: Yeah
2: I think Mm -hmm. our project got approved um, by like the review board at school like in late December or Mm -hmm. mid-December so we were able to release the survey in January and then with everything happening with COVID we, um, we felt like you know, our communities have so much other things going on. Like, we stopped promoting our, our survey. And, oh. um, but, yeah, just in that short time, we, you know, like, there still was a lot of folks and from a lot of different places. Yeah. It was, like, you said 700-something? Yeah. Um, wow. Over 700, um, yeah, from 34 different states. That's a lot. I think that just speaks to
1: also the importance of having to do this work, you know. so. Mm-hmm. You, did, you took one for the team, y'all, you know, with this <laughs> so, um yeah. I was curious, um, what you, how was uh, if you had a a place let's say um, that helped you with your own like strengthen your own identity mm-hmm. um outside that maybe it helped you with your identity negotiation and other places that weren't as friendly or weren't as affirming. Um, what what were those affirming places or people or people that might have inspired you or something I could go first because I'll be short (laughs)
3: Um, for me it's been it's been more my shift has been more through the through grad school Um, so these two years um, has been where I've gotten like that source of of healing, being able to be my authentic self seeing those similarities in the research and, and to the visibility and knowing that like I'm okay and I want to be more visible and I want to help inspire and when I speak to heal and I speak a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I speak to heal but I hope people that are listening it, it serves them as well as a source
1: mm-hmm. yeah
3: um, so to me it's been the participants
2: and Karen and uh, my partner mm, cool. um, I don't want to put you on the spot Jessica but I, I think you helped found something at CSUN oh, It's important to uh, bring up oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god
3: I did I forget yes so oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry I get like Um, I'm a little nervous, so I'm nervous. Um, nervous. (laughs) So yeah, so I, along with a couple other um, cohort mates, friends now, family, Mm. um, we founded Queer Coalition of Social Workers. Mm. We felt like even our department, as a as um, as uh, social work, as a department, we felt like we couldn't process what we were experiencing in field. Um, How do and we felt like that we weren't really reflected in, in the class discussions, you know, queer people. And so we carved a space um, in our program and we formed queer Coalition of Social Workers where we could, you know, not only uh, be a, a system of support but also we um, were building curriculum for professors, you know, and we also provided um, out of the classroom, uh, educational experiences that surrounded on like queer specific topics, wow. and and even um, my favorite one that we that we organized was um, queer social workers and how they navigate the professional space and how they um, provide services to clients that are either experiencing. Um, an identity journey or their sexuality or identify as queer or are queer. So um, that was my favorite. So we provided a lot of out of the classroom um, educational experience. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was hella That's healing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. That was so okay.
3: <laughs> because you know what? Like you're experiencing stuff like my, you know, like I, you know, you you don't know when to be out or not to be out, you know. So we were able to like unpack that. In our, in our, among students, that sometimes we didn't feel that we didn't, I didn't feel as safe to do in a classroom.
1: Mm, okay.
3: So that definitely was a source. wow. Thank you, Karen, for putting me on the spot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that, that's cool. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah. Mm. I think um, yeah. I I was uh listening to you and I was like, I think I feel like something's missing.
0: Wait <laughs> 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 <Get> a minute. <laughs>
2: Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Uh, yeah, and thank you for being a part of that. I think, uh, I hope that it's being carried on uh, in the social work department. Yeah.
3: I'm sorry for interrupting you. I really hope that um, non-queer people or like non-Latinx people took something out of that, mm-hmm. you know? I really, really hope that they were able to educate themselves and can pass on that information. That was our, our purpose, right? Oftentimes it's put on us to educate and I'm okay with that, but it's, they got it, you know, non-queer, non-LGBT, um, well, non-Latinx people could mm-hmm. do that, you know, and they don't, and too, like, um, oftentimes they don't know, they don't understand what it means to be queer and Latinx. Um, not everybody in queer coalition of social workers were latinx but just queer as an identity you know um so hopefully they got something out of it
1: Mm
3: -hmm. i talk a lot i'm sorry
1: don't be sorry that's what we're here for we want to hear your your narrative
3: (laughs) i'm (laughs) saying sorry
1: (laughs) we all got yeah i have to work on that too thank you
2: jessica um rebecca to your question um yeah i think i had I had, I guess, two really important people in my life. For me, um, one of them being uh, my older brother. Um, He is gay and he came out um, long before me. Um, I think he was like in high school or like maybe his last year of middle school. I'm not sure uh, if I remember correctly, (laughs) but um, yeah, he kind of like paved the way for me. Um, And even then it took me, some time to feel um, I guess safe or I think the feeling, feeling scared d- didn't go away even though um, like I said, like my brother kind of paved the way and um, I feel like my mom was a big support to to him and, and to me as well. Sorry, there's an airplane flying over me, I don't know if y'all could okay. hear it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I found a lot of strength in um in how uh my mom like pushed me to to be my authentic self. Mm-hmm. Um and I she did a couple things. Um I think two of them, the, the memories that like send out are um uh going with me to cut my hair
3: mm. was
2: one of them. Um the politics of hair. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um she went with me to cut my hair and i think one of the things that had been holding me back from cutting my hair was that um you know what women with short hair often get stereotyped as being queer
3: mm-hmm.
2: um and i think i was kind of afraid of that for for some time uh and she just she went with me and she was like you want to do it just do it and you know just supporting me through that and uh so that was one and then another was um was going to to a wedding with some uh fe- friends and family that like i grew up with and i hadn't necessarily like you know called them all up and was like hey i'm queer like um i never i never did that and it, i was going with my partner to this wedding and i was like mom i don't know what to tell them like what do i say to them like oh. and she's like we'll just say how it is like say this is you know this is your partner and you know well if they don't take it well like that's on them and maybe there's room to talk and maybe maybe there's not depends on where they're at right um and like just her telling me that well and me like (laughs) i don't know i i guess i like i was just i was scared so i didn't really think like it couldn't be that easy <laughs> to just be like, "This is my partner, and like, let's see what happens um, and just like having her support and like her um you know like kind of like kind of pushing me to to be authentic with myself and mm. like th- those were things that I found like empowering and um yeah, that's beautiful, oh man, I'm so glad that <laughs> both of
1: your within your family that you're affirmed for who and seen for who you are that's beautiful thank you thank you for sharing thank you both for sharing that yeah yeah
3: I always love when you share about your mom it just gives me so much hope and I think um I'm so glad that you're able to share and
1: um yeah super healing for me
2: Mm-hmm. Go, mama. Yeah. Sounds (laughs) badass. Wow. Thank you, both of you.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm so glad that we're here in this, like, space, um, free of judgment, you know, holding space, and we're able to really, like, witness how resilient, you know, we are, and how... How we're human, you know, and um, we share a lot that w- that was in this, uh, in our research Karen, like the safety part, right? Mm-hmm. We saw that people don't don't um, verbally disclose because of safety, or don't or avoid certain places because of safety.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's avoiding, you know, your family origin for a lot of folks. A lot of work it needs
1: to be done, huh?
3: I wish y'all could see uh, Karen's hair. It's so on point.
1: <laughs> it is. Yeah, your hair is on point. Oh, thank yeah. you.
3: That's the first. Uh, <laughs> my partner um, has short hair as well. And I know that my... I'm um, not trying to put my dad on the spot, but I know that he's probably made a comment or two. And I'm always like, Dad, like, pero que no, like, the señoras have short hair too?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
1: true.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> I've known so many señoras, so many tias with short hair. Mm So I'm interested in this, uh, what is it, Um,
2: politics of hair? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, and um, I think I've mentioned before, but yeah, that whole señoras with short hair, it's like, it's just the way that like women are sexualized, you know? Mm -hmm. How that changes throughout your lifespan and like when you're older, I guess, you know? People don't care about that. I don't know. Oh dang!
1: That's a good. good point.
2: That
3: is. Yeah. See, Karen is always raising that. You know, critical consciousness (laughs) (laughs) has you like at your on your toes. For real. I'm glad that that's what we need. Right? We need. We need. We need that. Yeah. Being critical.
1: Yeah, being critical. Being open to learning, you know, and changing once you know, like, new information, um, being grounded to to where your experiences are, um, but still open to learn. And I think that's really important, that.
2: And unlearn, like Jessica mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: We're learning a lot that we were taught and that it really doesn't serve us anymore.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, it makes me think about like being the um which I feel like I've I've learned this in uh like I've learned those things uh about being your authentic self and um being um being who you needed when you were younger kind of thing. Like yes. seeing that right like right now and I learned that from uh, being in queer spaces. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that it I, I just seems like, yeah, a lot of the work needs to be done, but a lot of people already have been doing that work of carving out, that's like what you were talking about, Jessica, carving out that space is so important when you're, when it's, when it's, uh, yeah, when it's needed for sure all over the place. um Yeah, I had, um yeah, I'm really, very thankful when people carve out space because that opens up the door, like change happens in different, like um, little all over the place mm-hmm. um, and it happens every day with what we how we live and how we carry ourselves mm-hmm. and then not work what we have
3: mm-hmm. so I'm really
1: thankful for like yeah, the achuchas jazz and all like being able to be my authentic self and like develop myself and push myself to being um, to not holding myself back to being my true authentic self you know too um, yeah, yeah. So. It's about um, like community
3: care, also, you know. Community so we, care. Are, we don't heal in isolation, but in no. togetherness. And I, 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 from what I've seen with the Achucha, the Achucha is like, they're doing that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: hopefully we could do more. Yeah, we <laughs> but, could do more. Yeah, you mentioned that, like IG handles, and I know that I've always, um, I w- we want to, I told Karen, like, I want to continue to do this, like, have conversation, bold bold spaces, co-create spaces. So, I don't know. Do y'all take, like, volunteers? Heck, yes, we take volunteers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The idea idea of having, um, creating a space, maybe, where we can just talk about our lived experiences and, you know, Latinx queer Women or not next queer people. Yes.
1: That would be should. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um <laughs> we can make it happen. Let's make yeah. it happen, yeah. Social hour. Social hour. Let's do some brunch. Um <laughs> virtual brunch. You know, and everybody has their their little brunch lunch, whatever it's called. <laughs> I'm gonna say other things, but it's okay. <laughs> um yeah, social hour. Let's do some kind of social hour and, um keep carving out the space we our space is very um open to that free carving Mm -hmm. like or being our free like authentic self it's just like Mm -hmm. somebody gotta start organizing it um so yeah definitely i'm excited to keep working with you on it um so stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> We're gonna definitely wow. be building community, have community, setting the environment for that community building for sure. Yes. Um, follow Tia Chucha for them updates. <laughs> yes. Follow Tia Chucha Instagram. We got Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, wow. So like, so again, I guess uh, if you can shout out your your handle, um, so we can, you know, just, just keep collaborating. What yeah. are your Instagram handles again? Yeah, well my I G handle is uh J
2: E S S S I C A. Yeah, and uh, minus K-M U G A R T E. Yes. But the art what was the art handle? They need to follow that one. Oh yeah. It's yes. um,
3: artists.
2: Now I'm worried I might have said it wrong the first time. <laughs> <laughs> <Real quick. laughs> let me let me double check. I don't know. I
3: Meanwhile he's checking. Karen has great art. I DM her. Support small businesses. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a shout-out, um, you know, put, post it on your story, let people know. Um yeah, Karen, you ready for that IG handle? <laughs>
2: Thank you, Jessica. I, um I don't know if you all could tell, but Jessica um handled the advertising our survey on social media. Oh <laughs>
0: good
2: job, Jessica. <that> <laughs> Yeah, real good. A lot of people. That's that's amazing. Okay, I'm ready. It's um, A-R-T-E dot K-M-U-G-A-R-T-E. Okay. Yeah. That's
1: great. okay. All right. Well, do y'all have any um other things you would like to point out before maybe we wrap it up? I
2: just,
3: for me, it's I hope people, you know, like Karen has mentioned, if it can inspire one person, I feel like that was a huge message for our research. But also, for um, what I think is that people need to continue to unlearn, educate, and educate the folk around them and be mindful of the spaces that they take up. You know, um, a lot of people don't know what it means to be queer, what it means to be queer and Latinx. Mm-hmm. And like I said, um, we shouldn't be the only ones talking about intersectionality and the issues that impact our community. So to me, I really, that is the mission for me. Like that's what I'm striving sh- for and to continue to live, in being authentic. Mm-hmm. Thank
2: you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you, Rebecca, for having us today and Jessica, um, I think uh we always have a blast (laughs) connecting so thank you and yeah uh i i don't know if um if we have a minute uh we'd like to share our uh our dedication oh yeah let's do it let's hear this um yeah so um this work is dedicated to our families for always reassuring us to be our authentic selves encouraging us to be valiente, and reminding us que somos poderosas. We would like to dedicate this to everyone who supported us throughout our graduate study. Our research could not have been possible without our participants. Thank you, gracias, our, um, for being vulnerable, courageous, and sharing your experiences with us. Y a, a todos navegando, a través de los desafíos y rechazos de la vida. You are not alone. We see you. We hear you. Te valoramos y somos comunidad.
3: Eso. comunidad <laughs> like And hopefully we could all be uh, in a space together continuing to build that.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure. Thank you both so much again. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. And I look forward to continuing this this dialogue with y'all and continue building and carving out spaces with y'all. Thank you so much for your work.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow Tia Chuchas on social media. Please support our online bookstore. You can find the links in our podcast bio. Stay safe, stay creative. Tiauí